Welcome to the Recruiting.Technology Podcast, the best in HR automation, productivity, data, and more anywhere on these fine interwebs. Here are our hosts, Jason Roberts and Andrew Godomsky. Hi, this is Andrew Godomsky, and that is Jason Roberts. And this is Recruiting.Technology, the best in bots, automation, and all things algorithmic anywhere on the internet and Facebook. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. All right. We are, what is uh, What are we going to talk about today, Jason? You and I were battling through a couple of ideas, but I think there's a couple of hot ones that came out right away. So what are we going to do today? So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, unions at Google. And then we're going to spend uh, the bulk of our time, I imagine, talking about uh, Andrew Godomsky's retirement plan, which is uh, the new requirement that every company put out a uh, human capital disclosure in their SEC filings. Yeah, so the, the, you know we can call yeah maybe maybe that is a, a good name for this. This is the Andrew Godomsky retirement plan strategy call. That's um, what this is. But but okay, well, let's get into the Google unions. And so um, you, you ping me on this as soon as it happens. So why don't we catch every? Why don't you give us a quick brief on on what's going on at Google with their uh, media and technology personnel? So. Um... Google put together Google's employees, a few employees at Google came together and decided to unionize. And there most of the time labor unions exist in order to make sure that that uh, workers get some of the basics that that they need, uh, fair wages, breaks, time off, um, health care, pension, that sort of thing is what historically unions have have been focused on. What's super interesting about Google unionizing is that these guys have everything. Not only do they have good insurance, they're paid well compared to most uh, people in their in their space. Um, if they don't like it, they can go somewhere else. It's not like they live in a union town where there's a, there's a, a factory and there's only one place to do the factory work, and you sort of you you don't have a lot of options. Google. People can go work anywhere they want, really, if they if they're not happy with what Google's doing. Uh, so it's a it's a weird way to have a union. Like all their meals are paid for. If you're a Googler uh, working on campus, your meals are made available to you, snacks and drinks all the time. Um, it's a it's a very open. They Google works really hard on their culture. Now they've had some things backfire. They've had things that haven't worked out. We've all seen those things happen. Um, but these Googlers created a union um, not because of uh, the sorts of things that, that unions are normally created for. Instead, it was created to address uh, to address political issues almost. It, it's social issues primarily. And uh, it, it was fascinating to me to, to see this. Have you have you looked into it at all, Andrew? I mean, I so I only I only know I only know what's out there in the press, right? And and I think you know when when it comes to, when when it comes to this, you know, and you know, I'm a I'm a former con- conglomerate manufacturing head of staffing, okay? 
So, you know, I had we had unions across the 40 plants that that I was that I was uh, staffing for. And it wasn't in every plant, but we had union. You know, we we, we had hundreds of people. Uh, you know, we only had, you know, less than 10,000 employees, but we had, you know, 10 percent of the organization or something that was unionized. And so, you know, we had, you know, very large uh, and, 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 in, and in the big part of the organization, you had 100,000 people and we had a lot more than 10 percent. Right. Yeah. And so I look at, at at this whole concept as, well, what percentage of the people have signed up and what percentage of the people are going to sign up? Because that's really how serious this is going to get taken. Right. So, you know, it, you know, we, we've it, it's right now it's about the size of like the random like user group. Like, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I think that like the people who've joined this union, there are more people in the Googlers Gamer Club than there are in this union. This is when you're supposed to be laughing, Jason. Sorry. Right? It wasn't that funny. I thought it was funny, but, 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 you know, and so I think we need to kind of realize, okay, where is this going to go? And, you know, I mean, I forget what the numbers were, but it, you know, these were not impressive numbers on, on the union. You need 10% 10 to be, um, to be a formalized union. Is that the deal? I can't recall. Um, Anyway, so the things that they're asking for in this deal are are really interesting. The the letter that I read, they were calling out, uh, you know, disagreeing with Google's choices in uh, in clients. So working with certain governments, they thought uh, weren't the right weren't the right customers for Google to work with, um, and uh, some of the the more social issues that that are out there as well. And I, you know, it seemed very strange to me, honestly. Uh, I, I don't fully get it. So I, I don't know that, I don't know if it will stick. Um, the Communication Workers of America helped them uh, put it together, form this, right? They yeah. helped them form I, this deal. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm interested to see if it, it grows. But uh, I mean, how how is a company supposed to respond to, um, we don't want, uh, we're, we're going to strike because you chose to work with, uh, with the government of China. Well, okay. Are we supposed to not work with China? The, one of the largest economies in the world, are we supposed to not do that for some reason? So it, it's, it's going in and saying, here are the customers that we as employees have to agree with before we'll continue working. I Seems like a really so, far stretch. Right. So so here's here's some of the benefits I think of 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 this of this concept, right? It's a different way for albeit a small group of less than I think it's less than three hundred people, but it's a group of people who have chosen to make a you know, a union and it's a third party entity, right? That can grow. Yeah. That that creates a different political influence 
back on leadership that Google just hasn't had before. And I, and I think what's interesting is you could argue that it doesn't have to be big to be heard because just, just the fact that you've got a union in Google who's going to say, we don't like this, or we're demanding this, or we believe this is a problem. They've got protection. They've got protection to say those things, right? Without worrying about getting fired. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, and so that's kind of, so when the union says, I don't think we're doing enough around this, or our position is that this needs to be corrected. That's what makes the news. And when you got 100,000 people or however many, you know, I forget how many Google has now. It's more than that. But, you know, when, when you've got, you know, you know 135,000. What is it? 135,000. 135,000. When you've got that many employees and now you've got a group that can, you know, candidly air dirty laundry, it, it's interesting. To see it. Well, I, I, I think, think this is any, this is not about navigating labor fairness, right? No. Well, here's the question though. So there's 226 people that have signed up. It's pretty small. They, they aren't a solid enough percentage of Google's workforce to have federal ratification, which is what they, what they would need to have, have true protections uh, as, as a, uh, as a labor union. So it's it's not it's not a fully um, fully fledged union though I, I think it is a start and they can make noise right they can yeah. they can bang the drum and make a lot of noise uh, what's what's interesting to me is just the concept of this the idea that that yes we're gonna I'm gonna strike and walk away from my six figure salary uh, because I'm I'm grumpy about your customer choices Google that seems super weird to me and it may well, be that. That I'm just I'm it's, I'm showing my generation here, and that that you you don't do that. Um, but I'm not sure how a business operates. Like take this all the way down. If if the union is able to grow and gain power over a, a period of time, does Google have to go and get sign off from their employees before they sign a, a government contract? Yeah, How do you I mean, say business I, that way? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to be executing the business that way. And, and I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to carry the influence like that. I, I think what what starts getting kind of – I think that there's there's the media buzz behind it. There's going to be the social media part of this that says the Google union says this. And isn't that interesting? Um, but, you know, we're not talking about – you know, let's look at let's look at other unions that 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 exist because of you know you know you know this is not a bunch of people who were saying I don't you know I'm going to get very stereotypical so forgive me you know this isn't about like oh I'm working in the factory and it's a very dangerous place to work and my fingers are going to get chopped off so I don't think this is about getting splinters at the ping pong table you know. You know, or I don't like my chair at home, right? <laughs> Splinters of the ping pong. I love that. <laughs> right? 
And the uh, the beanbag chair isn't fluffy enough, and it hurt my back. It hurt my back, and I need better. You know, I I, I do think if they can create voice around, you know, social societal issues. You know that that you know whether it's diversity and inclusion or fairness around promotability. I think those are real interesting, you know, topics. But unions also strive based on longevity of employment. So I don't have a bunch of data, you know, on Google and what their retention is for the majority of their workforce. But I'm willing to bet that the union members at Ford stay around a little bit longer than the average Googler stays at Google. Yeah. Now, they do have a couple of beefs that are interesting to me. Okay. So the they say that Google has lost its ethics over time. That's their, that's their big quote. Um, it's become hostile to people uh, who are trying to conduct themselves ethically. I think conduct yourselves ethically is, um, is a really difficult definition, right? So uh, remember when Google had a petition for, uh, with, um, within their, their employee base, uh, this was a, a couple of years ago, I believe, when um, Google entered into a cloud uh, contract with U.S. Customs and Border Control. Right. So they entered into a contract with our federal government, with a legitimate agency of the government, and their employees said, hey, we're really ticked about this thing. Well, so th- that ethic, you know, some people would say, hey, the ethical thing is help our board, help secure our borders and keep America safe. That's one ethic. The other ethic is, oh, don't stop immigration in any way. We, we're unhappy with the way people are treated at the border, so don't support those people who are mean. Uh, and there, there's, two, there's two kind of um, groups of people that have a different opinion, both of which have their own merits, right? So the complaint from employees was Google wasn't acting ethically, but that's not a very well-defined ethic, right? Those, those are the sort of things I wonder about. Well, and you know, there's, there's a lot of talk. I mean, uh, you know, so, so some of this is also coming on the back of, and and I, I, I can't say that this is the reason why the union was created. I'm not aware of that, but you know, you know, Google had a, a, a very public dismissal, of their head of, of AI and one of their heads of AI um, for their, uh, I think it was for their AI research team, ethical research team. Yes. And so that was very public and that was disruptive. And um, there was, there was talk of this is unfair and this is inappropriate and, and, and all of the, all of the things, right. That was just in December, right? Yeah. Like that they, just happened. I mean, so. Right. And this, and the, this dude, he was he was a prominent black researcher, artificial he, intelligence, and he yeah. was criticizing the company's diversity efforts specifically. Yeah, she, so she, just make sure she, we got sorry. she, right? She, so, yep. and so, so I think, so part of me says, okay, let's just let's amplify that out. If if we believe that knowledge workers, because of because of uh, 
they have trade, they have a unique set of skills, and they're investing in their work tremendously. Oh, by the way, in many cases, you know, the intellectual property that they execute tends to be, you know, you know, of ownership of the employer, right? And so what protections do they have around dismissals that are unethical or wrongful termination? And so a union, I guess, creates, you know, a venue that says, well, if you're part of a union, those kinds of things don't happen, right? Um, and I get that. And so part of me is, you know, part of me is like, okay, then again, we also have a legal system, right? So I don't know, you know, I I mean, I have seen my, my, my share of, of, of jury and, and court ruling around wrongful terminations. And, you know, someone gets fired, they shouldn't have been fired. And people go to court and there's they, they settle out of court, you know, and they come to an agreement and someone gets paid, you know, or sometimes they don't. Sometimes the person loses. Right. And so part of me looks at, you know, a union for knowledge workers and says, OK, then again, the knowledge workers, especially the higher paid ones in an employment at will condition, why aren't they going to court as their protection? Yeah, I, I agree with, I agree with that. But at some point, so if you've got a hundred thousand people writing code and let's just guess that they've got somewhere in that ballpark, right? right. At what point does that become a factory? Well, at what point and- is that a code factory? Well, and, and, and let's, let's not deny that it is. I think denying that it isn't or saying it isn't is ridiculous. Yeah. You and I both sit on both sit in, in, in a position of looking at large scale organizations and we say, you know, you know, it wasn't long ago that engineering and IT became operations. Yeah. Right. And so, we, you know, we tend to call it tech. I'm like, it's no different than a, a bunch of engineers and factory workers pushing out nylon at, at you know, at Honeywell, you know, or yeah. pushing out, you know, aircraft landing systems at, you know, where, at wherever, at Raytheon. But that's, that's exactly, that's exactly right. So where does that line get drawn? I, I think it's, it's a difficult thing to, to quantify, um, Man, I, I look at what Google is, the links that they've gone to, and I'm not super. I'm not super thrilled with Google at the moment. I'm I'm a little grumpy with them, personally. You're grumpy on Google. I'm grumpy on Google at the moment. Yeah, there's a whole slew of things I won't dig into, drill into. But um, right now, I, I look at it and I think, man, they've done more work on trying to build the right culture, even though they've had missteps, even though they've screwed some stuff up along the way. I know the effort was certainly there. You know, they they have the strongest people analytics. They they sort of started that deep analytical approach yep. to measuring everything about their people and um, understanding and trying to make things better. And uh, and 
I don't know, man. I, I look at it and I think it's, it's a challenging thing for me to swallow uh, a, a Google union. And it may be that the thing has to grow in, in value over time. I do agree that, you know, the, if they're seeing retaliation for uh, to employees, but I got to tell you, I, I have an employer and I'm smart enough not to go out in the public and say bad things about my boss. I don't do that. Yeah. I, and, and I'm not convinced that it's that, that I think the or the, 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 the origins of this are interesting, but what I'd rather see is not a Google union. I think we need like a Ruby union. That's uh, interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah, but how would you do that? How how would you? But but you have you... but you but think about it. You have steel workers unions. You have um, all kinds of unions that are based on a very particular trade. And right, so when but you it's... think about knowledge workers and whether they're whether they're well, this is this is the telecommunication workers union. Right, is is basically what this is. Right, it's a. But how do you? That's that's the the category or grouping of of the the larger parent organization, but then when you're inside of the company, I mean, there has to be an, an instance inside that company. What's yeah, what's I mean, interesting I, to me is, like I'm I'm dealing with some union stuff right now, and you've got um, each location has separate rules that the union union has mandated. Yeah. Total nonsense. Absolute complete nonsense like you have to in order to change jobs a job has to be posted on a specific bulletin board on paper yeah Yeah. okay so we we have to catch people up so there's a whole group of people who are listening to this who have never experienced recruiting or staffing hiring or firing or promotion with a union inside their company so it is so different than the at-will employment of exempt or non-exempt personnel. It, I mean, it's like it's. I, I can't even make. It's literally like baseball versus soccer. It's so different. It's it's, it's wild. It's and there there's so much um, tied into these labor union contracts, and they're really painful to negotiate. So you never change them. Like once they're locked, you don't change them until you have to change them. And so you've got these processes that are locked in because, uh, and they they do it side by side. It's not like you have a a big global one. Like each each plant or facility basically gets their own set of rules. And this one that I I was looking at, um, every job transfer you have to post with paper onto a bulletin board. And then somebody takes that paper and then fills something out that has to be stamped by a specific officer yep. that then gets put in for a transfer. And then their job gets put up as on the bulletin board. And then the next one. And then eventually when it all shakes out and everybody's moved where they want to go, they post an external job that, that you can go fill because otherwise it's just musical chairs inside the company. Yeah, so it, this it, one I was looking at tens of thousands of internal moves for like a thousand or twelve hundred actual hires. It was really wild. No, it, it's 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 very different than I think. Um, 
it's it's not comparable. And oh, by the way, you know, the majority, I mean, you know, if you're working at like a manufacturing organization that's lined up with the steel workers or the pipe fitters or anything like that, yeah, none of these jobs are in, like barely, barely do these jobs ever go into the same ATS if they go into the ATS at all, right? It's so different. It, you know, unless you've seen it, you would, you, you, it's tough to even compare to it. So, so I find what's interesting is that for Google, right? Like I didn't see anything in any of the doc, you know, as I do the research and I'm doing it quickly while we're talking, I'm not hearing anything about hiring, firing, promotability, anything like that. In None of the Google traditional union. stuff. None of the traditional stuff is in there. Right. The, and it's like, nothing that's about normally the, the state yeah, there's nothing in there about wages. There's nothing in there about benefits. It's none of the none of their, and of course, there's not an agreement in there. Uh, the, this just you know our reason for forming the union um, is not about any of the things that we traditionally see. It just it it feels so strange to me uh, because I think of unions as sort of almost a little backward, right? Like the because every every time I engage one, I engage with a union when it comes to hiring processes. It's it's deeply antiquated. It's it's yeah, so back to paper, pens, and stamps. I have like a I have 70. a union story. I have a great union story to help people understand how this help people understand how different this is. So, in a state that will remain nameless, there is a higher education union. So this union is for state employees that work across universities and colleges that are funded, they're public universities and colleges inside that state, and they are thereby unionized, okay? And so there's a union that runs that, that runs across this for any, all types of jobs. It may not be for professors, but for example, there are unions that uh, work across higher education for people who do waste management, uh, for people who do uh, groundskeeping, uh, they do security, and so on and so forth, okay? So here's an example of a real story. A union member gets caught doing lines of coke inside their superior's office off shift, okay? And it is a lot of coke. I mean, it is, it, there's like, you know, like, like to the point where, you know, arrested, right? So what does that mean for that person as the employee? Or as as a member of the union, from what I understand, and I don't know how much there was, but it wasn't like they were like dealing or anything. But rather than an outright dismissal, the person, because of the union rules, got put on short term and medical disability. So they're still making a wage, but they can't work. Then they get sent to rehab by the by the union at the cost of of the employer. And then they're mandated to come back to work at the end of that rehabilitation. All the while, they're paid. All the while. Now, that kind of, that kind of paperwork or that process, when in, if you were caught, you know, you know, having illegal drugs, 
inside the workplace and you were not protected by a union, if you weren't fired, you, you could have been arrested. But in this particular instance, the, the concept was these are the things that are going to happen. And, and it was like, and I'm hearing this story by a union rep I know. And I'm like, you can't be serious. And he's like, that's actually what was written years ago in the paperwork on when this happens. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So they're still paying. They thought of this scenario, huh? They thought, well, the, the scenario was what happens when someone abuses drugs on the facility, in the facility. And so the standard was we keep them on, we tell the authorities, and if they're eligible, they'll go to rehab at our cost, and then they'll come back. Which, by the way, I'm not saying is the wrong thing. I'm not saying it's that that's the process, but that concept lives and breathes. Things like that live and breathe within union employment. And so yeah. it's just and, and Jason, your your point around paperwork, the paperwork within a union around employment is ridiculous. It, like the, 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 the processes are hysterical. Well, it's well, it's true paperwork still. Right. So when when we're. You know, I, we were talking about a digital process and, and, uh, you know, the, the people that I was talking to were like, right on, let's do that. We have to, we have to go get that approved by the union. And that's really hard. And th those, those are the, the sorts of, of things. And the reason that it's, you know, it's still a the process that it was 20 years ago is because nobody wants to go negotiate. Oh, it's, and, and it's, and it, nobody wants to have that conversation. All right. So, all right. So, so anyway, so the Google union, we wish the 226 or so members the best and hope that they get fairness and audience and all the things. Um, I'll be interested to see how many there are next year in that union. I can't wait to see them strike, um, give up their six figure job uh, along with their, with their letter that says, I'm really grumpy that, uh, that you did business with this particular congressman's district. Well, I'll like, tell you what, you know, interesting question is whether or not you can ask a Googler if they're a member of the union during an interview. Yeah. So I have a, I have a related Google question for you. Okay. Um, we've seen some deplatforming in the last few weeks, right? Okay. People who were not following terms of service and who uh, had their platforms removed from uh, from the social world? Yeah, right. So Facebook, um, Twitter, and uh, we we ultimately saw um, one that makes me super nervous uh, was Amazon Web Services, right? Making the call, right? Okay. So that's deplatforming based on terms of service. Here's the question. What happens when Google just makes you not show up in their search results? They can shut you out of search results so you're never found. Yeah. What happened? That's not a terms of service thing. What is that? Well, what what happens then? Yeah, I mean, you're just, uh, it's, you know, hey, it's free data, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, uh, I, I don't. You know, we already we already pay for 
I mean, you you pay for sponsorship, and you you pay Google or others to to get your search results up anyway. So you know they could they could you know pull you from the search results. I think what they would have to say is, you know, it doesn't take much to go from Google can't find anything or Google has decided, you know, Google is not showing anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous about our new digital overlords, but we'll see, we'll see how this shakes out in the end. It's, it's interesting to me because they, the, um, you never know what, what call they're going to make. You, you, I, they went so much further than I ever thought they would go in well, the last I mean, several weeks. I mean, it was look, really I, wild. Look, there's 130,000 people over there, and they're all thinking about what the what the next great thing is. I mean, you know, it, it, it's you know, these are the same people who also came up with Google Hire. <laughs> that didn't last very long. Yeah, it? you know, that lasted for about a hot minute. That thing was like, you know, you know, it was. <laughs> you know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's the, maybe it's like the McRib. Maybe it will come back every once. In I think a while. it was actually good. I kind of liked it. I, I liked Google Hire. Um, I, I thought but, Google Hire had a lot of merit. I think that you know it just people just didn't understand you know what to do with it, and you know they also didn't want to play by a lot of the political rules that exist within, within recruiting talent acquisition. Yeah. Yeah, they, that that's actually the big thing. They they were at risk in in Europe, and they like the first thing that happened when GDPR went live is people started filing lawsuits against Google and Facebook, right? Yeah, so. I mean they they didn't, yeah they you know, and then they they didn't realize how you know, you know how how it impacted Indeed and 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 all the other things, and I think that um, it'll be you know as far as the digital overlords go in terms of service, um. I, I don't I don't think that Google is going to necessarily start withholding information. I think what would be interesting is if they announced the right to reserve that though. Yeah, so, I've gone into paranoid mode about um, about technology companies because I watched the social dilemma. Have you seen this thing yet on Netflix? Yeah, everyone's telling me to watch it because they think that I'm addicted to social, but, you know, I don't know about that. So here's the thing. I watched The Social Dilemma. It it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I made my kids watch it with me. It it was a whole thing. And then all this stuff happened this last week, and now I'm complete crazy conspiracy theory guy. Like, it has launched me so far into uh, digital overboard uh, concerns. I think I, 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 keep, I, think I entered keep, that whole thing in the wrong state of mind. The fact that I had just seen the social dilemma, like, made my head explode when all the stuff last week went down. Yeah, I, people keep on telling, asking me about, you know, is it safe to turn on my phone and are they following me? I'm like, you're not important enough for you to worry about if they're following you. Well, you posted that picture of yourself at the Capitol. I was like, uh-oh, better not tell anybody. <laughs> that was actually – so that was actually taken – just about a year ago when I started uh, working for the Fed. And so it was, um, that was my first time walking past the Capitol. And, uh, yeah. and uh, it, was, it, was, it was actually one of those, like, it was odd because 
you know, the Capitol was just like almost empty. Like there's, there's maybe a couple of people on the staircase, but it was just one of those like days where I was walking past it like at like 1030 and it was kind of cool. So no one's like walking around and it was just super bright and sunny, but it was a great day to be at the Capitol. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I think that my experience at the Capitol building is, it has been the same where I've never been and seen a crowd there. It's, uh, it's that's interesting. You would think it was, it would be a bustling kind of place. And no, I'm sure well, it does well, at well, times. Be, I just be, happened to be there probably during a, actually, I know for certain I was there during a recess because well, I went like, to see my congressman. He was, he was, it's not like they got a, like a Ferris wheel there and you can like buy concessions. I mean, well, you can't do the tour. You can do the tour and you can see, you can go see your congressman and get like the signed picture. It's a neat thing. It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to walk around and all that stuff, but like, it's just like a huge venue that you can just kind of sit and like people watch. Right. And, you know, but that's, I mean, that's the majority of Washington. I mean, for people who haven't been to DC and walking around, I mean, when you're at these large buildings like that, it's, you know, when you see it on the news and there's like a rally going on, yeah, that is not normally what it's like. Normally, it's really tame. Yeah, like, super that, tame. That was my experience, too. Yeah. All right. Andrew, here's the big question. Yes. Do we talk about your retirement plan now, or do we save that for a whole separate podcast? I think we have, we have to save that for a whole separate podcast, but we'll give you, we'll give you the preview. Okay? The yes. preview is, is that in November of 2020, the SEC changed uh, some of its uh, some of its disclosure uh, guidance to corporations that it regulates, and now they are asking for disclosure on uh, human capital uh, and HR. Right, so um, we'll talk more about that, but. You know, HR has been asking for a long time at the, for a seat at the table. And not to blow this out to huge proportions, but when you get to talk about HR data and investment banks get to read it and then talk to the world about how good your stock may be to buy or sell, all of a sudden... HR data has become a little bit more important. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. All right. So that's that's a teaser. We'll, we'll talk about that in detail the next time. Yep. And, and uh, we're going to uh, post this real be... fast. And so for those of you who don't know, uh, there are, there is a, a conference coming up I'm involved with. Um, a Talent Acquisition Week is coming up on the 25th of January. And um, it is literally uh, all week long. Um, and normally this is the conference that I MC uh, uh, out of uh, San Francisco, uh, but we're obviously remote. And um, so every day uh, for, for a few hours, we'll be talking about talent acquisition. It starts on the 25th, ends on the 29th. Um, you know, each day, is is kind of a uh, a separate day. We'll talk about social media recruitment one day, diversity another day. We'll talk about employment branding another day and sourcing another day. Lots of great speakers. I encourage you guys all to come. 
Uh, and if you need a, uh, uh, I'm sure there's a discount code somewhere. We'll put it up with the, uh, I'll put it out there on, on the, when I post the, when we post this. All right. That sounds like a plan. And that was the last conference I was at in person. Yeah, that was was my last conference in person because, you know, it was a year ago, but, um, man, I miss, I miss actually seeing people. That was good. Back when we saw people. Yeah, this will this will be this this will be good. This is a lot of the this is a lot of folks that that you and I know, and it's it's always a good times. But five days of fun, and I, I I'm gonna, not going to be able to do the the wine event, the 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 fun. Let's get dressed up and you know drink at my parents' house wine event. You should do it virtually. Yeah, I could, but you know how expensive it is to actually send people wine. I looked into it. Well, don't send people wine. Just everybody like bring a glass of wine and do the do the hangout thing. Don't you worry. We've got we've got a networking virtual networking session every day. So I so. appreciate that. I'm I'm glad you're virtually networking every day. We are virtually networking. I think at two thirty or three o'clock almost every day. So you know, I will I will have a bottle at the ready. Excellent. <laughs> and, that's, that's, and that's Pacific time. So it is literally 5.30 Eastern as a virtual networking every day for a week. <laughs> Perfect. It's, I was on with a bunch of people from the UK this morning, and they they were like, all right, it's the end of the day. They're like, oh, sorry, Jason. I was like, hey, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Oh, that's you. I'll, I'll join you. <laughs> Jason, thanks so much for today. Uh, once again, another great uh, uh, episode of Recruiting Technology. We will see you next time. Adios. Thanks for joining us. Please remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook or reach out to us directly through our website at www.recruiting.technology.